Hi, this is Nancy Yearall, and welcome to High Road to Humanity. And I have Meredith Heronbrook here today, and this is her book. And welcome, Meredith, to High Road to Humanity. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad to be here. I'm glad you're here. We had some technical issues, but we got through it. Her book is called Becoming Ridiculously Awesome. Who doesn't want that? I love the cover. It's a beautiful book. I will say that. And what great information she has, you guys. First of all, let me just say happy summer solstice because today is June 21st and I'm into all of that. And so it's kind of a cool day. For me, it's like a beginning. What do you think? I absolutely do. And I wasn't even thinking about it. My birthday is actually in two days and I'm just oh. feeling a little bit more energized and, and, and happy. And, um, and, but it did feel like a shift today. And, um, and so here we are in the beginning of summer of kind of reaping what we sow and, and enjoying hopefully more sunshine wherever you are, yeah. but able to really accept what we have created and accept what we are given and, and do our best with it. I like that. That's really nice. You guys, let me give you some information. This is going to be a cool show. So you're going to want to share this one. She's going to talk about a lot of really interesting stuff. I, I told her in the very beginning, one of my favorite things is at the back of the book where she teaches us how to clear negativity. And that's something I'm always up for. But let me give you a little information about Meredith. She is a transformational NLP life coach. She's a writer. She's a speaker. She's the author of Becoming Ridiculously Awesome. Who doesn't want that? Meredith Heronbuck is an experienced NLP coach who helps you get to the root cause of what stops you from experiencing the life that you want. So through her multifaceted experience, experiences and training, and I think she's from reading her book, she's gone through this stuff herself. So once you live it, then you can write this. She is a master practitioner. She's certified from NLP Marin. And we're going to talk about that. A family soul constellation facilitator. And uh, she's also into the HUNA stuff, which I've always been into the HUNA. You know, I've taught the audience to do the forgiveness uh, you know, prayer that you, lo you learn in the HUNA um realm, I guess I should say. So we're going to learn a lot today. But first of all, I want to hear your story. How did you discover neuro, neuro linguistic programming? And how did that programming change you? Well, I really needed it for myself. And I uh, kind of asked the universe, I said, I'm in therapy dealing with my childhood stuff family stuff as I think we all get to that point where we're late 20s we go man I need to kind of create my own world here and what is it what does it mean and all of that and you start to put the pieces together and throw out the old ones and analyze it all and I was really really stuck and um and therapy for me had I had done it for a year and, and not to knock therapy, it's very useful, I think, because it does create a lot of acknowledgement, a lot of understanding, a lot of analysis, and you can look at things uh, a little bit more objectively, you get some tools. But what I learned for myself was I was still managing my emotions. I was still trying to kind of, I was really exhausted with trying to put it all together. And I wasn't really shifting anywhere. I, I, I was spinning my wheels spinning your wheels. Yeah. I was, and I was stuck in story. And that was, that's the main change between therapy and actual change work where you're changing your, your neurology, you're changing your vibration, you're changing your belief systems, you're changing the whole ball of wax. Yeah. And um, so I think therapy I think therapy are really good for um, narcissists because they do like to hear themselves talk. And there are some therapists out there who say, yes, exactly. And so forth and so on. But, but everyone else is leaving. We'll get into that later because we started previous to this little conversation about narcissism is everywhere. It is. Um, and I, and I grew up with that with, um, I believe my mom to be more borderline personality disorder where, you know, when anyone has major, major trauma, they solve it the best they can right. and, and so forth. So it's its own survival skill, but it just harms everybody else in, in, you know, in the path. So I was stuck 
in my wheels. And um, I was, I was like, I was desperate. I go, something has to shift. I'm like, please talking with a friend of mine a week later and I'm have boy troubles and this, you know, all that. And he's asking me these questions and, you know, he says, for example, and this, these are the first NLP questions in any session you will tend to get is, well, what would you like? I'm like, what would I like? What do you mean? What would I like? He's like, well, if you could wave the magic wand, what would you like? And it was the most bizarre question because it presupposed that I had choice, which I didn't really know I had before, um, you know, and that I could actually change my world. And, and so he starts asking these questions. And in 15 minutes, I look at him and I go, what are you doing? And he's, <laughs> and he's like, well, what? And he's one of our best friends. And he actually um, later found my forever husband and, and so forth. He introduced us. So he's, he's awesome. But I look at him and I said, what are you doing? And he says, oh, well, it's NLP. And I signed up for it like two days later. I said, this was so incredible. It was so profound um, and groundbreaking for me because I was looking at my experience as a participant, not a receiver or a victim, which a lot of us, I think, get into. We fall yeah, into Yeah, we get into the victim. Yeah, we do. You know, yeah. and but the thing is the victimhood I think is a very good start because you're trying to solve a problem. Mm -hmm. You're trying to solve, why do I feel this way? I need to look at justice. I need to look at who did it. But the thing is, as you start to understand more about how the universe operates, you start to learn that you are a participant and you are co-creating your experience. Right. And we're repeating. I'm going to stop you a second. Yes. What I learned and I didn't know anything about this. All I knew was that I would say things that would be what my mother would say. It was a program. I started to realize and I've taught the audiences. So this is why I'm interjecting a little bit. But I learned that um, I was repeating things that I had learned from childhood and I had to stop that programming. I had to stop that. I don't know, that computer disc that was going on in my head and change it and reboot. Let's just say reboot and start over. And when I started to think about these, I didn't know there was a name for this, by the way. I just knew that when I started to think of those things, I had to change my thoughts because when you change your thoughts, you change your life because you change your energy, like you said. Mm -hmm. So I didn't even know that there was a, a, a name for this. Yeah yeah there 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 absolutely is and it was developed by two guys in santa cruz i think it was a psychologist a psychology major and um a psychiatrist really? and um so they banded together okay. um it was richard bandler and robert grinder i forget their name and oh my light went out um anyway so um so they started going all right what works in therapy what works um, as these, you know, as questions that really get to the root of the problem. And, and then they started to understand, as, as all therapists do, they, they know where it is. They know where the imprint is, where, the, where it all sure. happened in right? childhood. Right. right. It happened in childhood. And my mom said this or didn't say that, or I was embarrassed right. and, and so forth. But, um, but what happens is rather than talking about knowing where it is, it's more important to go, well, great. How do we feel about that now? What assumptions did we make? What were the, the, the worldviews that I took away from at that time? Because children always want to, there, there, there are two or three main things that a child does is one, they want to survive, be safe and loved. Right. Okay? They will do anything to keep that going. Mm -hmm. To do that, we have to make our parents happy, mm -hmm. right? We don't want to get in trouble and so forth and so on. We have to talk nicely. We have to ask nicely, please and thank yous. And But we also have to operate within the confines of the structure of, of where we are. Mm -hmm. And some parents, if you have toxic parents or a person who's had a bad day, 
you're going to kind of go, oh, me saying that at that time didn't really work out. So I'm going to change. And so kids try and find the puzzle pieces that make their life work well enough. Okay. But then what we, what our brain does is we go, oh, that worked. So I'm going to reapply it over and over and over and over again until I get a better offer. Until I sit down on the couch with someone and go, I didn't know I believed that. I didn't know I made that assumption or a blanket statement. For example, an example I always do of, you know, if you're afraid of one spider. Oh, then, I know. I read this in your book. Right. You're going to make you're a blanket spider. Yeah. Of, All spiders are horrible. Or if you had a trauma with a person of the opposite sex, you might call, make a blanket statement of, all, you know, people of this caliber or shape and size or color, whatever, then to survive, I'm going to avoid that. But here's the kicker. Here's where we really get into trouble. Because in, in essence, that kind of sounds good, right? If, if I survive it, then I'm going to employ it, right? But what we do is what we survive, we recreate. Because if we've survived it and we know how it operates, why do we want to learn something new? Because now that's new territory. Now that's scary. And, and now I have to work hard and I have to think and I have to navigate this whole thing. So you end up finding just the right people to reinforce what you learned. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. Well, and as you're talking, you know, this is what I don't, this is what I see about therapy. Not that all therapy, I'm sure is good to a certain degree, yes. but what I've noticed, what I've observed is that you're telling the same story over and over and over, and you <laughs> just keep telling that story. And you had a woman who did this for like 15, for, I don't know how many years and spent a ton of money. And, and instead of changing the story, dude, just change the flipping story. That's right. it. But, that's it. Right. And so that's the thing is, and that's where I was. I was changing. I was telling the story over and over and over again. Yeah. It was spiraling deeper. And I'm like, okay, I'm having, okay. I'm feeling a little bit more confident. I'm, I'm, you know, thinking about my parents a little bit differently, yeah. but it was still like, where's the exit here? What, like, and, and I need it. I'm like this, there's no ultimate exit here. And, and so that, but NLP goes, well, what would you like? And then we go back into, well, where did you first feel that? Or where did you experience that? Yeah. And then what would you, um, if you could have something different, what would it be? What would you lose a value? Because that's also where we majorly get stuck. Well, if I felt okay about myself, then my mom would be mad at me right? Or she would be disappointed with me if I went across the country and had a different job and so forth and so on. Because we want to be safe and loved in the existing structure. Right. Even though we're adults, we're smart. We've probably gotten our college degrees and beyond. We are full functioning adults, yet we still want to be in that social structure. We want to be approved of. We want to be loved. And we want our parents to always pat our backs and go, you're doing an awesome job. I love you. You're amazing. I know, but we have to get out of that whole deal. We have to, yeah. you know, we just have to make ourselves happy. It really comes down to being who you are and being happy with who you are. And it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. And we've all been programmed to do exactly what you just said, to make sure our parents or our peers or who our children even to approve of us. And we don't have to do that. I don't know why society got into that whole deal, but it's really just about us, you know, and I was looking in your book and I just want to say this because I did this. <laughs> Her book is really cool because at, at the back of each chapter, then she has an exercise. And I like the exercises more than anything. And I did a lot of them because they were very simple and it really makes you think, you know, like you said, and I'm going to rewind a little bit. Like there was an exercise in here. This is my favorite one where you said, write down five things you would like more of in your life or five things you would like to shift or make better and make sure they are things you can and want to change within yourself keep and you said keep the phrasing positive and that was really cool and it was like oh yeah this is what I want because sometimes 
we just go on, we're kind of going with the flow. But this makes you really think, well, what is it that I want? And you wrote in here, I don't want to be poor, but you can't say that. You have to say, I want a million dollars. Right. You have to change it. So I really like that you do these exercises because you make the person participate and look within themselves. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. And the subconscious always will look to give you what you want. So people will always operate in what we call like a towards structure or an away from structure. Okay. Um, so if we say, I'm looking forward to meeting you on Friday night, rather than, oh, I don't want to miss Friday night. Okay. You're still saying kind of the same thing. But the, the, the languaging is completely different. Well, the universe is going to let you miss it because you've put that out there. Right. Well, exactly. Because they're fearing a loss. Right. Okay. So when you look at music, when you look at talking with someone um, and you're maybe even trying to build rapport. And before I learned all this NLP building rapport, which is the foundations uh, classes is building rapport with others, but also building rapport with yourself, right. you start to understand how people use their language and you learn how to mirror them more properly. And before this, I was terrible in conversations because I didn't realize how dissimilar I was and how to read that other person and to kind of get on what they, we call their map. If they're using all this um, hearing language of like, oh, I talked with someone yesterday and I heard this and so forth and so on. And I'm saying, oh, so how did that make you feel? They'll go feel, huh? I was talking about auditory, right? <laughs> I'm talking about listening. And you're like, you're, you're, you're making me go onto your map because you are in the fields but I'm talking about listening. And so I go, oh, so what did they say? What did, you know, and you start to use their language mm. and it's not copying per se at all, because what you're trying to do is just connect with that person with authenticity, but use their language so they don't have to think and get outside of their box too much, because mm. when it's outside of their box too much, too dissimilar, then they're going to like, you're going to break the rapport and they're going to go, it's kind of hard conversation. Right. Instead of an easy flow, you know, right. Mary, as you're talking, what, what really um, I've learned from reprogramming my own mind is it's interesting now that I've reprogrammed and I pay attention to my thoughts and my words, when I meet someone and have a conversation, it is so blatant to listen to someone say all kinds of things that they shouldn't be saying like out loud, you know, it's great. You know what I'm talking about? Like, Give me an example. Well, like if they'll say, Oh my gosh, I'll just never be thin. And can you believe it's going to rain all the time? And Oh my gosh, my car always breaks down. And I, and I'm just like, if you keep saying that, then you'll never be thin. It is going to rain all the time and your car will continue to break down. Yes. And these are the things that you have to, let me give you another example. It'll crack you up. So my mom, and I've told this on the show before a long time ago, um, my mom was a narcissist and I was learning this stuff. This is years ago. She's passed now, but there was a time where she would, I would call her and I'd say, what's going on? And she'd say, well, it's raining everywhere, but in our house, <laughs> it is raining everywhere, but in our house. And I said, well, mom, I want you to start saying it rains at our house all the time. Hmm. and she said okay and then she started to say it and it rained and then their roof leaked <laughs> but that's my point the universe gives us exactly what we say and the yeah. more you do this work and the more you learn this stuff and it was just funny because you know then you start to see it in other people Mm -hmm. you really do really really true and especially too when you have children we have uh two young girls who are under the age of 10. And yeah. when you start to watch all the kids' movies, they're so positive. They're, they have great messages and so forth. And then when they start to be negative towards themselves, and I'm like, I want to protect their, their positive feelings about themselves. 
And, you know, so one might say, oh, I'm stupid. Um, and all these negative things, I go, whoa. And I go, okay, got to check my expectations because I am um, I am farther down the road than they are. And, and sometimes I have to monitor how am I, how are they interpreting my information? Am I too hard? Am I too soft? All that. Right. And I go, no, 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 no. Say I'm working on it or I'm getting better or I'm great as I am. You know, I might not know everything, but maybe I'll know more next week. Right. And just like, say you are on a path, you're on progress not, but never say those negative things. And so having children's made me much more sensitive like you when you're, when the cat's out of the bag, you go, oh, wow. And then yeah. you start to notice how it feels in your body. Yeah. Right? When I'm on social media too much, or I watch, I don't even watch scary movies anymore. I go, I don't have the need to do that anymore. Um, but I feel it in my body and much more sensitive to the feelings in my body I go why do I want to do that to myself you know um well, the thing I is avoid it now yeah, yeah and not to interrupt your train of thought there but watching television is a huge thing because it's programming us it's called programming it's called tell a vision tell yeah. a vision okay think about that so what I've done is and I agree with you wholeheartedly I don't watch any scary movies and there's a lot of them Right now, there's so many horror flicks. There's so many dark, dark, dark movies, which really makes me sad that our um, society has come to that. And what I do is I watch old reruns because I can't deal with it. And I don't want that programming because no matter what you say, whatever you watch on TV, it impacts you. Yes, it does. It's just like you and I speaking today. It impacts you. I want to talk a little bit. I, I want to rewind a little bit. You talk about your fifth grade teacher, Mrs. Lewinger. Is that right? What chapter are we on? Let me Well, see. it's okay. You just talk what about kindness. I'm trying to remember the fifth grade story. Well, you just talk about how nice she was and how kind she was and how you started to look for pearls in your life. And I yes. thought that was so interesting. Would you talk about that a little bit? Well, because I was really depressed growing up, um, which came from a different, you know, a few different factors. One, just my childhood, um, my brain, like in, I think PTSD sort of you shut down and so forth and, and chronic PTSD, um, I was just so sad and I didn't feel I had many people to connect with. Right. And, um, and so when I started to have someone who was so nice to me because they were so kind and maybe they saw something, some light in me that I go, wow, maybe I mean something, you know, maybe I'm valuable, maybe because why would someone do that? which is why I always try to offer kindness to someone else, however big or small, or when I'm feeling a little down, mm -hmm. I will go get outside of my own stuff mm -hmm. and help someone else. Oh, you dropped something, or can I open your car door? And you just never know how helpful that is to that person. So when you're drawn to it, and not do it from the ego, but just, wow, I, I just feel pulled, right? That might be the universe saying, that's your next step. And so when I'm drawn to do that, I will. And sometimes it's with very surprising results and connections to people and so forth. But when I had that for myself, I go, wow, okay, I, I've got enough now in my fuel take of love to, you know, to, um, as I call my love take with my girls, it's like, how's your love tank doing? Um, that it, it filled me enough to the next moment and I go, oh, wow. And, and once I started to, that helps me believe more in myself, my value and what I can impart into the world. Yeah. And, and then it just helped. And so then over time, it builds the momentum and you get to the higher level of vibrations, you know, rather than apathy and anger and, and, you know, wanting to exit, as I say, um, you know, I, I don't really like saying we're here for a purpose, um, so to speak. We are here for a purpose, Marina. Well, well, from the standpoint of, you know, 
Yes and no. I guess the reason I, I don't like that phrase or I'm very careful with that phrase is because um, I want people to, to go, I want to live authentically mm-hmm. and I want to find my purpose because of my inner light telling me to right to get out of ego or that I have to do it for someone else. Right. So I'm going to stop you. I'm going to ask you a question. I have a question for you. I teach, I teach the audience. You probably don't know this, but I have taught the audience for many gosh, a couple of years now to bring in the light of God. Yes. Bring in the energy. You can call it God. You can say source. You can say energy. You can say higher vibration. I don't care what you say. But as you talk about your fifth grade teacher, the way I found love and Mm -hmm. the way I teach the audience to find love is through the divine. Yes. And that is how, that's what saved me. That is what, you know, it may sound corny, but that energy from the divine that I bring in every single day, that love, that's what fills me up. That's how I make it is through the love of God. I don't have to rely on what anybody else does or what anybody else says, I know for sure that, and I use the female too. I know that the earth, mother God, and you can say father sky, like the native Americans do. That's what fills me up. That's what makes me bright. And that's what makes me okay. And that's what I believe. This is just what I feel is that we're missing. Yes. A hundred thousand million percent. Yes. Um, And I've been looking into that even deeper for myself because Mm -hmm. I'm raising my daughters and my husband um, grew up in kind of older Catholicism. And so he's like, I don't, you know, I don't feel comfortable um, being in that. And I go, but with the studies that I have done and experiences I've done, I go, But if you look deep into any teaching, yes, whether it's Buddha or whatever, it's like the core of it is that light that you're talking about. And sometimes when I feel, as I said, I feel compelled to help someone, it's because I see yellow light around them. And I go, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. You're intuitive. So we haven't talked about that yet. And I want to bring this up because this was, this really struck me the whole thing in the very beginning of the book you talk about your premonitions you talk about your dreams you talk about having premonitions months in advance and then you talk about having premonitions a few days talk about this and do you still do it do you still have them I'm sure you do I I do um so when I was younger I would see you know I'd have these dreams and I wouldn't really remember them per se but then when the 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 reality came you know into play a few months later and I'm like wait a minute I saw this before I dreamed this before and so forth and so on and as I got older especially in high school it started to come within three days I would time it because I'm like oh no that was like seriously oh yeah and I go oh it's three days and then it got to be so much I didn't know what reality I was in it was so confusing because I remember I had a conversation with a friend of mine and um, and he was talking and I knew exactly what he would say. So I was talking in my head with him at the same time. And I go, how is this possible? Right. I, like if we're all separate beings, how am I to know what is over there? How am I to know things in advance? And the the most pronounced one was when my dad was flying his plane down from Montana. He had a little four-seater plane flying down to just south of San Francisco. And I was afraid of planes for six months before that. I mean, deathly afraid. And I was flying um, down to go to high school. I was at boarding school, which I loved, by the way. I wasn't forced there at all. And, And so, but I was afraid of, so when I was flying, I, I sat in my, um, my seat and I was like, I have to get off this plane. I have to get off this plane. I mean, and I'm like, I've never been afraid of planes before. I didn't know where this was coming from. And I sat there and I go, okay, trust this process. Ask yourself questions. You know what the answer is. Ask them. And I go, okay, is it this plane? No, it's not this plane. Okay. Is it someone related to my family? Yes. Is it today? No. Is it in the future? Yes. I'm like, okay, that's all I can handle right now. This is freaking me out. 
but I'm just going to trust that I'm not going to, you know, leave this plane. So anyway, so time moves forward. And then my dad, I knew was going to fly down from Montana and I call my mom and I said, mom, you have to call, like, did you drop off dad? Well, yes, I just got back. And I said, you need to call the tower and you need to get him out of the sky, get him out now. And I'm crying. I'm freaking out. I'm apoplectic. And she goes, Meredith, please, you know, and she's had intuition herself. So there's something in our lineage or energies that, you know, she's had some, as we call yeah. witchy moments, but she's like, Meredith, it'll be fine. Da, 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 da. And I'm go, okay. So I hang up the phone. I'm crying in my room and I go, all right, maybe I'm insane. Maybe I need to be locked up. Uh, and so forth. Anyway, so then, and no one calls me that day or the next few days. I go, okay, I don't know what to do with all this. So then I call my brother who is working at our family offices. We're chatting. And he says, so, hey, Mayor, did you hear? I go, what? He goes, dad's plane, his um, engine quit on final. And he landed in the mud before he could get to. Oh, my God you know, the, the runway and it was written up in the Chronicle. And I go, are you kidding me? (laughs) Now I have a question for you. Yeah. Since you, who did you think you were talking to? Who was giving you this information? Did you realize it was, did you think it was your higher self? Did you think it was your soul? You know, we all, I don't think it was my higher self. It felt more like angels or guides. Like okay. if I feel into that, definitely. Okay. I felt I was talking to someone else. It, like it was a knowing, but it was a very comforting knowing. Right. Uh, and so I felt that it was someone else helping me. Okay. I was yeah. just curious because now do you still have your premonitions, which is psychic I, ability, which is what we all have, by the way. Yes, absolutely. And you can train for it as well. Like when I was little, you know, you're, I was always fascinated with witches and druids and the whole thing and tarot cards and just energy and how it all worked, right? Because I was having these premonitions, but I had um, uh, playing cards and I took out all the, the um, face cards because they would always confuse me. They had both red and, and black. I couldn't tell the difference. And so I had practice splitting them in half face down. And there's one time where I got 100% correct. Ah. Oh my God, okay. And then I just just put it away. But we can all do that. So to answer your question, yes, I do have premonitions occasionally. Um, I haven't had any major ones, thank goodness. So that means everyone's safe. Um, But they do happen. Um, A more recent one, probably 15, 20 years ago, was I uh, was in a store and I... And I never get seasick, by the way, and I never faint or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And but I, t- my brain like twisted, and I just felt like I was in the middle of a tornado, honestly. And I almost fell into, you know, like a kiosk. And I go, oh my gosh! And I told my friend, I'm going to go outside. Oh wow! Ask myself questions. Is it me? No. But I get my ID and my insurance card I stick it in my back pocket (laughs) I call my parents I said I don't know what this means but just watch out my mom calls me three days later she goes I know what it was there was a property that we own and there was a funnel cloud that went through and tore up a bunch of stuff so have you realized that you're an empath because you're empathic I'm I'm a total empath okay I am too (laughs) yeah okay and I I think that comes from always having to navigate strong parents, narcissistic parents, because you're always trying to make it okay for the parent who's constantly moving the goalposts. That's interesting. I love that. That's a theory I have, you know, because my brothers don't have this and, but me being the youngest and maybe a girl or however it operates, but I think I've learned that there are a lot of empaths who've had really, really uh, more dynamic, toxic childhoods. Yeah. 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 And I wasn't, I, I think I was so psychic and an empath when I was little and I would say things that would blow my mom's mind. And mm. I think that made it even worse. Do you know what I mean? Because yes. I, I would question, or I'd say, no, it's not like that. It's like this. Yeah. And you don't question the queen. Cor- oh know? my gosh. No, you don't question the queen. <laughs> and there are four archetypes. There's the queen, there's the waif, there's the witch, and then there is the hermit. 
And so um, for, and these are female archetypes. Um, and so women can be any or all of these. Right. And, but I do remember the, yeah, the queen is, you don't question her and she's always number one and she always gets first attention. Yeah. And that was my mom. And yeah. that was definitely my mom. And so it's interesting. There's so many people that I think had parents who are narcissistic, but didn't realize it. And, you know, I don't put blame. I just want to say this. I don't Agreed. blame anybody. I think that everybody who is narcissistic had something happen to them. Yes. In their did. childhood. And that's how, and they didn't know what you're teaching us today. They didn't know about these things. They didn't know we could reprogram. And so they... Whatever happened, they ran that program over and over and over in their head. And, and they're so just surviving too. They're just surviving. As yeah, so, right. So I just want to say you can't really um, blame, you know, on what happened. I want to talk a little bit. You talk about balancing your brain. There's so many cool exercises, you guys, in this book. You're absolutely going to love it. How long did it take you to put this together, Meredith? You know, it took less than a year. Oh my gosh. Apparently it's really fast. It, I would get major downloads and I would sit there and I just let it flow. And the last chapter was in one download. Wow. And wow. I was just, and it just took me three hours. Of course, the, the, the editing process takes forever. Um, yes, and, it does. <laughs> but, but, uh, but it was just this, you know, stream of consciousness and, you know, and towards the end of the book where I get to a major revelation in my world of we are all connected in all ways. And so, and I was just, and, and I had, I guess the, the Catholics call it an oceanic experience. Maybe some people call it an enlightened moment. Enlightened moment. Yeah. Um, but it was, um, you know, and, and one of my teachers who had experienced it herself, um, I know a few teachers have experienced it and they go, I don't know how you're talking right now, but I remember when I did have that oceanic experience, I was sitting there that morning and having breakfast and looking at all the tangible things in the world that I was seeing, the mountains, the, the rocks, the tables, and everything. I go, it's, 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 I'm not it, but I am everything. And, and it was this weird dichotomy. It's so difficult to describe where you know you're not your body anymore, but you have a body and you're talking through it. You know you're not any of it, but you know you're all of it. And it's the most bizarre experience. But I remember sitting there with a coffee cup, looking at it and go, you, and I'm just like, you don't exist. <laughs> the coffee cup doesn't actually exist. And it's just, it was just crazy, crazy. So um, yeah, so I went through absolute, you know, depression in childhood to having that experience and wanting to share it with everybody because I honestly believe everyone can have that if they're striving for it to be able to move at least to the next lily pad, if you will, of feeling better. You might not, you know, have $20 million at the end of your lifetime. However, finding greater connection with yourself and finding peace and understanding how you operate and how you can be in the world and how you can choose to be in the world. How you can choose to be. Yeah, will shift your whole experience. Mm -hmm. and, and and not in 20 years either. Right. It can be in, you can make major shifts in a few short months. Yes, and, and that's true. So I, well. will, I will say yeah. that. I was going to bring up this chapter. You have uh, one chapter you said asking for help and support. A lot of people have a hard time asking for help and support. And I can, I can vouch for that because I have a, I had a really hard time with that, but we all have to ask at some point. And I, I'm going to read this um, little quote here by Oprah. Cause it's just really, I thought it was great. And it says, lots of people want to ride with you in the limo, <laughs> but when, but what you want is someone who will take the bus with you when the limo breaks down, Oprah Winfrey. Yeah. And isn't that the truth? Yeah. You know, and I just want to ask you with everything you've learned, um, you know, and, and you, you watch what's going on in the world right now, and you know, it's not real. You know that all this is just, but you're watching it. And I'm an observer. I've gotten to that point where I observe it. I do my best to not let it impact me. I don't watch the news as much as I used to, but I do stay informed. 
How do you handle that now? Is it the same where you're aware and you just observe it or? Sometimes, you know, it's the, the ego comes up really quickly and you kind of, I mean, you do forget of, oh yes, I'm this individual person. Um, and then there are times where I look through my eyeballs and I go, I'm connected with everything. So whenever I stress or I think things aren't the way I w think they should be or want them to be, you go, okay, personal accountability and so forth and so on. Um, but sometimes I get trapped and I'll go, mm, how am I feeling? Is this helping me? Mm -hmm. Is this making me feel better? Is it, in is it informing me for things I need to to you know, take care of, what can I, and this is the other thing I do, and, and I'm sure you do as well, is what energy can I offer to be helpful to that situation? Right. I put out good energy to my neighborhood, to the, yeah. I do it to the world every day. I do it to myself. I send love and light to God. I send love and light to Gaia. I send it to, you know, the world. I send it to my show. You know, I just get it out there, yeah. push that out there and be the light. Because my thing is, Meredith, is many of us that can be the light, then we create more lights. Yes. And that's what makes our world brighter, you know, or all the lights. All right. I want to talk to you. We can't be on here forever. We, I love we it. Such I a love time. It. Meredith and I had such a time trying to get it together. I got a new computer. <laughs> so it's, it was kind of crazy connecting today. But God bless her. She was so wonderful. You know, I told you at the before we got on today that I love this clearing and I don't know, I want to understand this a little bit more because is this a clearing and she has it in her book, just so y'all know. And I was going to read a little bit of it, but is this something we're supposed to say out loud? I don't, um, you okay, so it's, you don't, it, it, well, you want me to read what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah. It's the divine mother. Father, um, no, this is like clear all entities attached, non-attached uh -huh. that are negatively influencing me and my relationships with all others across space and time so I can have clarity yes. where I am and what I want to bring into new balance. And I like that you added this because it's not a secret that there's negative energy out there and it's not a secret that these things are attached to certain people. Oh. In fact, I've had people on my show who can see the attachments and I can too sometimes and I bet you can. Uh, I hear them sometimes I feel them I don't see them so much okay um, but I'll get a lot of pictures of their story if I if I inquire uh, so I do clear properties I clear people um, before I do any NLP I clear them and I also now check in with the angels and see how many they have I go why am I just clearing out why don't I help reinforce that they're not alone that they can talk with their guides and and ancestors whenever they would like and whenever they need um but um this you don't have to say out loud I think it it doesn't hurt I think the vibrations of the words is useful okay. you feel it through your body just like um, I mean, I am raised a Christian and I think, and I learned that it's a singing religion actually. And so we're, I'm in this church where actually no one sings. It's all newer songs and it's, and it's beautiful music, but I go, God, you got to sing. You got to feel it in your body. It, it will change the vibration of your, your whole being here. Right. So I, I would say, yes, you can. You don't have to. Um, I still think that it can be very useful either way. So at what point, I guess, I find it really interesting that you, you wrote all of this and then at the very end, you put in about all these negative energies and entities. At what point did you realize that this was a problem for you and you needed to start clearing? Because that happened to me too, but I'm just curious to hear your story. Well, when I was training for HUNA, which um, is all intuitive work, um, HUNA means, or kahuna. Uh, it really means a seer of that which is unseen. And um, and so during the initiation week, um, I had in Hawaii on the big island, which was incredible. How cool is that, right? I mean, I, I one of the craziest things, and my teacher sees this all the time. Um, he's super sensitive. Uh, but I saw in the middle of the night, we're walking around this sacred place, and I see blue glowing light coming out of a wall like in a big circle, probably God, five feet in diameter, 10 feet in diameter. Wow. And I'm like, 
what is that? And I, and I'm like, what is that? And I hear in my head, well, it's a security light, the security light. What the heck does that mean? Oh, it's there to help protect that sacred space. And then I surmised and got pictures that there are bones in the wall of someone who's meant to protect that. So that was that person's, I think it's a male sacred duty to be there and help protect that area. But I saw saw his light. Yeah. And I saw blue light coming out of the wall. I mean, just as if it was just emanating like a regular, you know, incandescent light bulb. Yeah. So, so there's all this energy around us. And so when I started to learn more about this and how many voices actually were in my head, I'm like, am I schizophrenic? Like, and and I just thought it was kind of internal dialogue. And who am I talking to right now? (laughs) And I realized it got so busy in there in my late twenties. And I yelled in my head. I think I put that in there. You did. did. And I yelled in my head. I'm like, just stop. I was just like done. And then it was absolutely silent. I'm like, wait a minute, what is happening here? Is that just me finally having power of the mind or, or what? But then I kind of heard this like, and I go, okay. So I, so I'm like, oh, I have to navigate this little amphitheater of people. Are these my guides? Are these negative ones? Are they angels? I have no idea. So I've learned to kind of clear everybody out, especially now that I have children. I'm like, my property, no one comes on here. Like, I don't even care who you are. This is this is my space. And so it's been very quiet here. Um, but I will open myself up to allowing um, when I work with someone over Zoom or personally go to a house, I'll go, okay, I turn the spigot on and I'm like, okay, what's useful here? Only who's useful, please come in and help. I would appreciate it. And they, their con- level of consciousness has to be a thousand or higher. And oh, I so, like that. That's yeah. interesting. So yeah. I'm like, hey, no riffraff around here. I, you know, no fakers, please. I really want to do strong, solid, beautiful work here to heal the land, heal the energies of this home such that everyone can feel better here. Yeah. yeah. I do that too. I heal the houses and, and the land, that type of thing. That's interesting that you do that. I was a real estate agent for many years. I started with houses and then I worked with the land and I did so well with the land because they would go, you'll understand this. And it was interesting because my client knew before I knew, he -hmm. would say, you just have to go stand on that piece of dirt out there and it'll sell. (laughs) And he was right because it was my energy it was the energy of me going out there, putting the intention out to the universe and putting that sign up there, just like your intention of going into a house and clearing it. I love how you talk about, you know, only people whose vibration is at a certain frequency can come in. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I'm big on protection, and I guess you are too, because of um, when you're light, you get more dark because the dark's attracted to the light. But it seems like since I've been pushing my energy out, I don't yeah. have that trouble anymore. Exactly. Yeah. And we were talking before this started, you said, oh, there's a lot coming in. I go, well, why? So is wanting to understand. Yes. Yeah, so you have to push out. And, and I think that's um, a very good exercise too, for anyone who has boundary issues. I had horrible boundary issues. You know where my boundary was? here. Right. I'm with you. Yeah. I I didn't know that I began anywhere. I was just reacting to my world. I was complete reaction mode with an occasional, you know, you know, childhood haughty attitude here and there, but in general, and I finally realized I'm like, where is my boundary? It's not 18 inches out. It's not two feet out. And it was right on my skin. And so if anyone has boundary issues, I would invite them to go, well, what does it feel like if you imagined like a bubble around you, which I'm sure you teach a lot of just gently pushing it out and having an edge of maybe yellow light or white light with gold flecks. You know, there's so many beautiful lights that you can use to be helpful and maybe use one color one day, you know, when you need it and you're not feeling awesome, but push it out and feel that and operate in the world for maybe five minutes, go to a grocery store and just operate and keep it out there 
because we, we can very subconsciously shrink it very quickly. But when you operate there, then you know what happens. I've learned this for myself. Your, your shoulders get back, your chest comes out, you, your body and your chakras are able to operate better and you're able to be, have more space. And you know what? Then more people will notice you. Interesting. Isn't that and, interesting? Yeah. And so, yeah. So when I was, um, wrote about this later in the book about energy mm-hmm. is I was a, on the Golden Gate Bridge helping out with a marathon and people were running across the bridge, hundreds, many thousands of people. And I, there was a corner, they had to go around the, the, um, the towers. And so the, the pathway bent around it. So I was dividing the people coming and then divide the people going back when my energy was not sent out, so to speak. And I was forgetting that I was a human, um, with space, people would run into me. Ah, and I go, what the heck? And because my mind was wandering, I was out there for two, three hours. And um, you're out of your element. Go, yeah. Right. And I go, oh, wait, here. And I imagine energy coming out. And I was this divider. I was a wall. So people wouldn't bump into each other. And then no one would bump into me. <laughs> I so that. I was like, so what? You know, so it's all these little pieces that I talk about in my book of these learning, these little pearls of wisdom of like, Oh, we're not just the body. We are an energy field. We're not just an energy field. We are past, present, future. We're connected to everything. We can manipulate. I don't like that word, but we can change. We can affect our experience way more than we think we can. Right. Exactly. Gosh, we could have a whole nother half hour. I need to let you go though, because we've been on for a while. Because when you change your energy, you just change it for... I've learned the generations in front of you and the generations behind you. And that's what's so cool. I'm so glad you were, this is like a fabulous book. You guys, you have to pick this up. It's becoming ridiculously awesome. And who doesn't want that? And it's by Meredith Heron Brook. And let me spell her last name. It's H E R R E N B R U C K. How do people find you Meredith? If they want to find you. Well, you got me on Facebook, you got me on Instagram, you've got me on YouTube and my website, which is livingyourawesome.com. And I offer free consults for those who want to do sessions with me, clearings and the like. I love it. All right, you guys, we got to get out of here for today. It's been such a pleasure. I'm so glad you came on the show. Thank you so much, Nancy. All right, guys, we're going to get out of here for today. This is Nancy Yearout. If you want an angel reading, go to my website, nancyyearout.com. You can book your date and time, and I'm doing some public speaking. So if you want to book me for your next event, you can go on there or just email me, nancyyearout at gmail.com. All right, you guys, again, it's becoming ridiculously awesome. And this is Nancy Yearout with Meredith Heronbrook, and this is High Road to Humanity. Everyone have a great week, and God bless.